All right, let's take a look at what the teams are doing in the gym with their strength and conditioning to prepare for the World Cup. What's going on everyone, it's TJ here from Rugby Muscle. I've done these style of videos before, but now it's time for the World Cup. And this is a video I would have absolutely loved as a youngster. I remember scouring the internet. I can't remember if it was YouTube, if that even existed that much back then. But there was a few videos of All Blacks training and I lapped that up and I thought that was training that way was exactly what I needed to become a professional rugby player myself. It wasn't the case and it's not going to be the case for you, but there's still stuff that we can learn and we can react to and we can enjoy. So let's do that. First, we're going to look at Ireland and then we'll see what else we've got here to just to react to, just to see what they got going on. Stephen, week one of preseason, it's been a, a huge effort to get to this point. Oh yeah, I should point out, this is only week one of preseason. So this is like a couple months ago. This isn't something like, we're, they haven't released much else since then. So just doing what we can. Into a lot of hard work has gone into it. How has the first week gone for you? Yeah, it's been a really good effort by the players to buy into what we've been encouraging. We've been looking for high-performance habits from the get-go. And this is really building in the last 18 months, two years, both all I think something that's unique, maybe not with Ireland, like maybe it's the same as what, like the probably the All Blacks are, are, are the only other team that are in a similar boat where they can, can basically can control everything with their national team. They can control the strength and conditioning and they can control it like year round. Whereas, you know, England players are contracted to premiership teams. Australia has a, a mix of everything. Most other teams have a mix of everything. Yeah pretty much all of them maybe wales correct me if i'm wrong but for the most part teams don't have the luxury to to do that so they ireland really take advantage of that on and off the pitch so truly collaborative effort behind the scenes to try and make this week work and it's been great to see the players really buy into that oh we've got some med ball rotation throws this isn't a rugby pass make no mistake this isn't they're not trying to pass this like a rugby ball they're just hit rotating and learning that rotation yes it can make you a better at better passer in the long term but it's not it's not a direct pass a heavy ball and then you can and then a rubber ball will be, seem lighter and you can pass it no passing the ball is about technique but if you've got good rotational power it's going to help I also really like this. Look, so here on first week hits. of preseason done. It's been a long time coming. A lot of planning has gone into this block. Week one, what's the focus? So the focus for week one, there's many different things to work on, but it's started with a lot of work around movement, health, strength, power, speed. And See how there's not just one focus. See how there's quite a few focuses within that. Yes, I think movement health would be the most important one because if you're in, if you start moving if you're if you're in week one this is your time to where you're going to get stimulus from everything it's why when you first start in the gym it's always better to learn really really good technique because if you if you have bad technique it's a lot harder to unlearn bad technique than it is to relearn or to yeah to unlearn bad technique than it is just to learn good technique from the get-go so if you just come in some conditioning week one and learn to and just practice really quality movement. When you start to load that up, it's also going to give you the best chance of avoiding any injuries because you're moving better when you go heavy, when you do all this stuff. So yeah, trying to work on various different elements and trying to build gradually through the week. 
building gradually through the week is also important, but also he said uh, speed and power as well is also important. In a traditional approach, you would save speed and power to like the end of a preseason block getting ready. But the reality is there's so much to be gained from quality speed work that you need to be like doing it basically year round because there's so much to improve with the different elements that there are of speed in a game like rugby. Preseason isn't just about working the players hard on the pitch and in the gym. It's it's about, as you say, that collaborative approach. So it's multifunctional across all aspects. It isn't. This is something probably that you don't get the luxury of as a as an amateur player, especially where you know in an ideal world, in a, as an amateur, you would have specific weeks where you've gonna you're gonna uh, work hard with your job. Your family's gonna potentially stress you out those weeks, and they can be a bit more stressful those weeks. And then as they get less stressful, you can then ramp up your training intensity, and not just training intensity in the gym, but you're gonna talk with your coach, and they're gonna scale their intensity up as you get stronger and stronger as well, stronger as well. Rally doesn't work like that. Your your coach is going to throw at you whatever he thinks is appropriate for that week. You know, you could be slowly building yourself up, but you came into a new team four weeks into the season, and then after two weeks they got smashed by fifty points, and now the coach wants to run them through the grinder, and they wants to, he wants to have a really hard week. This is where you've got to scale back on yourself. So the only thing that you can control are the things that you can control, whereas they have the luxury of controlling a lot more. Indeed. So we've been using the the brain's trust within the organization so we can be truly collaborative. And it really feels that way, working with performance nutrition, the AP guys as well, medical, physio, but also operations and rugby. And through all of that, we've been able to put together a program that we believe is quite innovative, but also... So he, the operations and rugby is a really good point. Like that's them doing or being sure that, you know, they're not asked to do heavy media and stressful media or anything like that's going to mess up their plans on days that they need to recover. You know, that like sometimes I remember before where you'd be like, oh, okay, you've, you know, you've got your afternoon off. Let's hammer all the media then. But actually that then becomes more stressful and you're not recovering from your training appropriately. And this is, this is a team that are really aiming to peak for this World Cup stimulating for the players and it's allowed us to build our international networks and allow us to look at the likes of Pewdie's recovery which is really individualized and tailored towards the work of each day there we go so they all have to do different stuff they have to recover differently let's have a look at this real quick for the players and it's allowed us to build rotation and lateral network which put together cool. a feels that way we're using the rugby Lots of movement prep as well. And through all of that, we've been able to put together a program that we believe is quite... I'm not the biggest fan of all this movement prep. For I mean, for these guys, 100% they need to do it. But a lot of people that don't have the time, like you've got to be in and out in the gym in an hour. Of each day. Is, is it really worth doing all this stuff? We're not sure. Ah, that's a nice neck, lateral neck, isometric as well. Lots of neck work. Like, they've got the time to do it. They absolutely can help them potentially minimize a risk of a concussion, but also dominate in contact situations. I think neck is probably more important than arm isolation for rugby players, particularly if you're doing any other upper body lifts. Oh, we've got some lateral oblique work here, which is really good for the core, really good for contact situations as well. James Lowe getting that in. A few days off for the players now at the well. weekend. They're back in on Monday to hit the ground running. Presumably, that plan is to, to make incremental gains as preseason goes on. Exactly, yeah. Oh, these, I am loving what these boys are saying. Incremental gradually games. build through the weeks and every day is an opportunity to get better. Probably a bit late for a lot of people that have, that have 
nearly finishing up their preseason, but like smashing week one of preseason is not the way to go. It's always the week one of any program basically should always be easy because you've got a low barrier to entry to get gains and then you like gains as in in your performance. And then you can continue to improve like on on top of that. Whereas if you go 10 out of 10 week one, what do you do week two? 10 and a half? Like just stay 10. Eventually you're going to have to get better. If you can just start and improve on like a four, start on a four and improve on a four and then build up five, six. And now you're nowhere near as fatigued and you can get a lot more productive weeks out of your body. Personally, you've got so much experience across World Cups and different competitions. How excited are you for this block? Yeah, it's not the first rodeo for many of us. And actually, from that perspective, each one is a little bit... Oh, Jefferson deadlift. ...different. And I think this collaboration, the, the sort of uh, excitement that is being built from the coaches and from, from uh, Gary as well, has allowed us really to prepare well. And I am really excited about what this group... Lots of core work. ...group can do. This is cool. And I also like that, like, people, and I've also in my predictions video have put, pegged them to lose in the quarterfinal game. But people harp on the fact that they lost in the quarterfinal. But they, like, like they're going to learn from it. Like, they're not the same player. It was definitely not the same players, but even the same stuff. They're learning from the mistakes that they made and, like, are going to put themselves the best chance to, to progress from there. So, really good stuff. Right, I think there's one more video from Ireland. Yeah. Let's have a look. We, uh, we had a nice uh, fitness session this morning and had a really good hit out against Portugal yesterday. Just basic yeah, upper so body lifts. All in all, it's been a, been a really good week. The sun and the heat has been definitely challenging on the body and on the head as well. Just when you're training in, in the environment, warmer warmer climate, it's, everything is tougher. So, yeah, hopefully we'll be better for it uh, by the end of the week. What What is the content of the week? Is it is it much different to it? I'm seeing all these teams going for warm weather training. I'm not buying that it's like that physiologically better as far as like mental, like preparing you for France. Like it doesn't make any sense. Where it does make sense to me would have been like preparing for Japan when it's all that the humidity, but also just being in a nice warm environment. You don't have to warm up as much, right? Literally because your body is already a lot looser because it's warmer. It's just that much more enjoyable, right? Whereas if you're stuck in a camp for three weeks where it's raining every day, that's just not going to be as an enjoyable experience. And literally enjoying yourself is going to allow you to improve better. Your usual training week back home? No, it's quite similar in terms of we we just we arrived out a day earlier, so yeah, so they're just doing the same sort of stuff. Or a day later, so we started our usual Monday on Tuesday, and then. But in a warmer environment, like they're doing their work, it's like a working vacation for these guys. You know, it's 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 cool. We kicked into the week, so yeah, three days: Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Speaking of enjoying themselves, this is the last uh, one I can find of Ireland in the gym. <laughs> These are the sessions you'd like to see. What we got? Squats. Oh, banded squats. Nice. Minimize the risk at the bottom of the lift, but really get through a lot of work. I'm not a huge fan of banded squats. Belt squats, really good. Single arm uh, dumbbell snatches. I can't believe he's doing that with a techno gym dumbbell. They are disgusting. But good enough. Squats. Big barbell squat, belt squat, 
belt squats are great and if you have access to them in your gym like great because they do put like you can load them up heavy but without putting extra pressure through your spine there is something to be said about being able to brace strong and use your spine like and lift strongly but for contact situations and stuff but you know like if you can if the more if you can get a lot more volume then that's going to help as well particularly if you're going for a brutal training oh particularly if you're going for a brutal training week like these irish lads would have been like getting the leg volume in without straining your back or putting any strain through your back and like fatiguing the system as back squats do that's why you don't see very many deadlifts in in high level strength and conditioning as well because of that stuff but really good stuff from ireland always really impressed people got offended that i said that i was nice to ireland in the other video so hopefully hopefully i can be nice to ireland still all right this video uh from scotland looks like it's going to be even more informative what training sessions are like inside the scotland camp let's have a looky Epic. That was 150 kilos. Hamish Watson smashing the bench. That's 160 kilos for those keeping count. Of course, Pierre Schumann is doing that. 160. Full range of motion. Ah, weighted pull-ups. Fantastic. Probably the best, one of the best upper body moves that you can do for rugby. And we've got a pillar here as well. Full range of motion. Enough. Still Pierre Schoeman. Get up, Z, get up. No, it's not. Forgot who that was. Weighted pull-ups. Looking good. Really good. Weighted pull-ups are so good because like it just allows you like pull-ups are such a great movement, but you're often limited by like if you can do reps of or sets of 15 reps. You know, like it's tax. It's hard to work like to get that in a rep range, you know, three to five reps, or or maybe even three to six to seven reps, you know, where you're trying to go heavy. It's not a good. It's not good doing that with like lat pull downs because you end up swinging and using momentum. It doesn't work really well. It's it's really difficult to do like heavier lat pull down work. And then maybe you could potentially use barbell rows, but it doesn't hit it the same. And barbell rows also you're putting pressure through the lower back, whereas this. Really good for contact situations. When you're pulling and you're tackling someone, you're, you're trying to manipulate your opponent to where you want to go. These are great. Cameraman is just loving these guys on the bench press. See how the vast majority of these reps are also really fast. Apart from that one pull up. So you're all good basketball. They could all, for most of these, they can, they, apart from that one pull-up, they could all knock out like a few more reps. They're, they're, they're doing this at RPE8. So they're, they're pushing out some heavy weight, getting stronger, 
but they're not massively taxing the system. Duran smashing the the dumbbell bench. I'm not a big fan of dumbbell bench press for lower reps. I just think you you waste so much energy trying to stabilize. After a while, you get good at it. But I think if you do good technique with the barbell, it shouldn't put too much pressure through the shoulders. Maybe Duan is just a meathead that's buggered his shoulders a bit too much and now has to use the dumbbells. That wouldn't overly surprise me. He, he doesn't need to get any bigger at this stage anyway. He's not doing this. He's just doing this to maintain his strength at this point. All of his physical preparation work will be maybe even getting even faster, being more agile, but and then maintaining like he dude's a beast. And then they go straight so that an hour in the gym, knock out some heavy work. Let's go for you. And then into the contact skills. I love all this contact skill work as well because it's just basic skills. I think like am as amateur rugby players. That's all stuff that you should be doing. Like if you've got 15 minutes before a game, before a game, before training, like people just stand around and pass balls. If you could do this, like this is going to improve your tackling way more than like added two extra sets of bench press or squats or whatever in the gym is going to do. This is working on the skill of, you know, of contact situations, which is really, really important. They're doing it, look, they're doing it blinded, so they have to turn and react and get their feet in the right position. It's all about the footwork. See, the foot is in the position here to make this to make this hit. See how his foot's on the outside? Won't be as good an outcome. Into their units. All right, forwards, forwards unit sessions are boring and repetitive, so let's go look at the backs. Speed work, it looks like. I don't know, this is a little bit light change of direction stuff, just to go through the motions, just to reinforce that technique. Working on acceleration mechanics, and then just basic skills. Again, same thing. You know, if you're a back, you've got time before training. This is what you should be doing, this sort of stuff. <laughs> the diving score. Oh, and then just player evasion. Oh, I like this. Assessing as they go, learning to this. This is agility stuff. Not nothing. No ladders bullshit. Actually beating players, reacting to that to situations around you. Yep, loving all this stuff. But let's keep skipping. Rugby session now. Just a team session. Just basic stuff. Man, man, I'm impressed by this. You know what? Scotland could get out of their group, you know. They can definitely get out of their group. Now a team that, unfortunately, aren't as playing as well as Scotland, but are more likely to get out of their group, probably. England. Turn this down a little bit. They've always done a good job of documenting their training. The, this, the inside line series are really good. Fortunately, they're just playing rubbish on the pitch. You want to use the environmental conditions 
supplement your training, like altitude, which is popular. We prefer the heat and humidity because of a array of physiological adaptations you can get from using the heat and also the minimal impact it has when you return home to resume training. And it's got a really good amount of transfer with regards to performing even in temperate or non-temperate climates. This is, again, again where my feeling is, like, it's good training in the heat because it's nice It's nice training in nice weather. It's nice being in nice weather. Maybe it presents a little bit more of a challenge. I'm not sure how much of an adaptation it really does make. Altitude definitely does. That's, like, proven as beneficial. Give yourself a bit of depth, even slower, then put the pace in it. We try to put the lads under a lot of pressure. I love that Owen Farrell even says, you know, stay deeper. It's like the one criticism. That's the one piece of coaching advice that I always say when I'm coaching teams. <laughs> Get deeper. Pressure tactically with regards to decision-making process and, and learning. Technical pressure as well. And the oppressive heat is a distraction. It's hard not to be consumed with how you're feeling physically in the heat. It's hard not to be very aware that your, your head's pumping with blood. You're trying to cool down in the moment, but you also got decisions to make on the field which means when you take those pressures away, it's just that degree a little bit easier. You feel then, again, this is where you question about why England have been performing so poorly. Like, when, like if, if, that, if these are the, the benefits, like, have they missed the forest through the trees where they've put so much pressure on their decision-making that they've then gotten used to making poor decision-making? This is something that this is where, like, the idea of wearing a training mask isn't a good idea or even doing, like, fatigued sprints isn't a good idea because then you, if you're wearing a training mask, you learn to, like, lower your intensity. You, you cap the uh, intensity that you can train at and you don't really get any extra physical benefit. All you're doing is making it harder for you to train. It's like doing squats on a balance board. If you're doing, if you're always doing squats on the balance board, yeah, you might have better balance and you might be better at balance board squats, but it's not going to make you stronger because you can't put the amount of weight that is adequate enough to get you stronger because you're so focused on balancing. And now I ask the question of, is this England team so consumed by their heat training and all this other extra pressures that they're putting on? So they're not in just executing basic game plans because it seems like that's the case. A little bit more prepared. We profiled the individuals before the camp with regards to how they dealt with the heat, with regards to their rates of sweat loss, how they control their core body temperature, and what the composition is of their sweat. Spoil English people, right? With regards to how much salt's lost. Each player has a bespoke routine in place for what you know, what you might call pre-cooling or pre-acclimation prior. I do really like this. training, but it's so that spoiled. Might entail pre-cooling, so bringing down their core temperature before we train. Things like using cold water or cooling packs, paracetamol to bring down core temperature. Some players might be using a fluid strategy. Like, and I think you think this is potentially why England are playing sometimes the way they are, because they just, they don't feel like there's any urgency or any, um, like, big will to win. Like, you see with the Wales team, when they play really well, like, they're, they're all getting together. Scotland as well, like, they... they and they go to be better than the sum of their parts. Whereas you look at the sum of England's parts and you think this should be performing way better than it is on the they're pitch. They're loading on electrolytes and fluids prior to training. There's an argument there, but Before we train and afterwards again to make sure that the next training session is not being affected. Anyway, I don't want to just complain about this. Just... Steve said to us early on the week that we'll get uh, better at it. Our wingers have probably sprinted a long distance or track back or, or something which has required a, a big high intensity effort. So they need, they need to get themselves back again as quickly as they can. 
This is a big part of England's game plan and all international teams' game plan with these box kickers is the kick For the chase. next time, which, which could be, you know, 10... Which is a whole new fitness element. seconds. You know, we don't have water breaks every stoppage. It's a challenge. That's why we're here. Because when we take that away and go back to England and compete in France, that stressor won't be there. So they, sh- they should feel like there's a rebound effect. So, yeah. So the argument against this, like, I get his point, but the argument against this would be that because they, they, they've got this extra stress in place they're not just getting good at the basics like although England are doing a good job of kick chase but they I don't know and they have also no they haven't they haven't really I mean they scored at the end of the Ireland game as well so maybe maybe he's got a point but if you if you if you put too much stress in the first place then you 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 like you don't make the adaptations that you would have done have you just not trained with that extra stress you know Too old to wear a cap backwards. That is the question. It's a little chip. That's a little. It's a little. Just tumble over. Don't comment about Billy Owen Farrell, please. Um, Alid Waters is a very knowledgeable, very well sought after in this space. So England did a really good job to get him. So I wonder what he's making of all this. But we'll see some other stuff that they're all doing. Just humble. Humble. We're looking at some extra recovery work don't here. appreciate how hard these lads work out of hours and the commitment to their craft and their bodies that they've got outside of the... This is a big thing for intense camps like this is there's a lot of recovery that is needed to be done to supplement the amount of training that they've got to get through. The structured training sessions. It's just like, that's why when people say you should train like pros, it just doesn't work because while these guys are like, they're not just recovering by doing nothing which is also a really important recovery point. They're also like, you know, most people are, are working or they're in school. They're there. So they're adding stress, whereas these guys are actively trying to remove it. Physically, I think I'm the best shape I've ever been. I've worked hard in the summer to get myself into this position. Your biceps. My diet, my training, trying to do extra bits. You need to be as physically oh, dominant as someone can be. Henry Allen. He lays on the rugby squatting. expertise and studentship to that. You can do anything. Not the most perfect form, but a lot of weight. And this guy is a physical specimen. I'm gifted by my parents and I've got pretty good genetics. The Arundels have quite big legs across (laughs) the whole family. I don't know, when I was 16, I was probably squatting around 150 kilos. Think about that for a second. When he was 16, most people aren't even in the gym when they're 16. And if they are, they're doing really well to squat maybe 100 kilos. And then from there, it's kind of developed gradually. I had That's why, like, that's the level of genetics we're looking at when you're looking at some of these ridiculous pro international level rugby players. Injury early the season, and as I was coming back, I managed to get back into that weightlifting kind of mode where, I, you know, I'm not playing, so I can actually put a bit of weight. And there you go. So he's also had so extra time to specifically work on the squat. 220 kilos before and that was kind of my best squat I've had. And now it's kind of just maintaining that, not necessarily. Not quite Andrew Porter numbers, but more than enough that you need to be a winger. And obviously because of his injury, he didn't have time. Like he he only ever needs to maintain that squat and he would be the absolute peak rugby player that he could be. He doesn't need to get any stronger with the squat. Trying to become a world's strongest man or anything. But you got to remember that over time, 
he might still end up developing that squat, but like five to 10 kilos over the next five to 10 years. And just by maintaining that, that he'll accumulate enough volume to slowly increase it. Or he doesn't, and that's also fine because this is what he does. And it was, you know, the day. Unreal. Anyway, that's what you can do with really good strength conditioning. No, not really. That's what you can do with really good genetics and what it also looks like in strength and condition. Now, we'll wrap this video up because it's nearly, it's well over 25 minutes at this point. I've got other videos that I wanted to react to from France, some old New Zealand ones, but if there's any current New Zealand ones, pop them in the comments below, let me know. South Africa, I couldn't find any videos of South Africans in the gym. If you've got another team or another video you want me to react to, pop it in the comments below. Let me know any of your thoughts around strength and conditioning training for the World Cup or around your own strength and conditioning or anything you want me to react to. Let me know in the comments below or just say hi and help out the algorithm. Of course, give the video a thumbs up if you enjoyed it. And if you haven't already, hit subscribe. Check out all the ways that you can work with rugby muscle, conditioning, um, strength training, stuff in the gym, nutrition, all of that is found in the links in the description below. Thank you guys so much for watching. I'll see you in the next one.